When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to Brave the Wild. With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is on the sportsstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again to talk Minnesota Wild hockey, but, well, it was the exact opposite of what I predicted. A one and two week and a literally the exact games. What? I mean, that's freaking awful. It's odd, but I suppose not out uh, out of the ordinary completely. It happens. It's just a little odd, I guess. But uh, boy, a seven to two loss in Colorado—that was, <laughs> oh boy, that was that was embarrassing, as Bruce Boudreaux said. Uh, Calgary—it's always kind of like a hit and miss shootout, overtime type of game. That's the way it's been most of the season. It's been a pretty entertaining series, and you know what? That was a fun game. Uh, Mike Smith was incredible throughout the night. Uh, Granlin was awesome, and he finally got rewarded later on. Thank God for that. Wild squeak out a point as there was just some real icky misplaying in the in overtime period. The Wild had some nice chances that didn't cash in, and then all of a sudden, just a big mistake at the end there, and that was kind of funky. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, a 2-1 to win in Chicago after Seabrook scored, after he was actually scratched the night before. How weird is that, the, the game before? And then the Wild end up winning. Uh, Seabrook scored very early, you think. Oh, there, there you go, that's another Wild loss. But then... Uh, Dubnik was downright uh, spectacular in that game, so that was pretty cool. Dubnik not so good in the game against Colorado, but if you're going to blame Dubnik for this one, no, it's just everything. Uh, Puck possession, Colorado really wanted the game, this and that, and that was what you heard the whole night. It's, boy, they were hungry. Oh, they really, really outplayed us the whole night. And, yeah, they did outplay you the whole night. Make it more obvious. Eric Stahl managed to get two goals in the game, but... All the familiar names and fantasy hockey out there, like uh, Mr. Miko Ratanen and uh, Nathan McKinnon. Okay, there aren't that many names. Uh, young Barry was out, unfortunately. He's got a broken uh, broken bone, so unfortunately for him, he's unavailable. Broken hand. I, I said broken ankle last show. I don't know what was up with that. It was broken hand. Uh, both Colorado, they, uh, there's a theme here with Colorado and Calgary. They both have incredible top lines. Not so great underneath it. They have pieces underneath, but not so great underneath. Uh, but that top line, McKinnon... And uh, Miko Ratanen, and of course Gabriel Landisklog, who's still the uh, still the captain, and is looking more like a captain. He's he's matured a bit. He's not as crazy. 
That's been a phenomenal line. Not not Neil uh, Yakupov, who was also a top pick years ago for uh, Edmonton. He hasn't worked out so hot. He's been all over the place. Yakupov, <laughs> he's been with uh, St. Louis also. He's bounced around the league. Well, he managed to get an assist in the game, so good for him. Eric Johnson, there's a familiar name. He was a plus two in the game. Didn't factor in the scoring, but was annoying, agitating like he always is. That type of thing. Just an overall yucky night. Uh, Mike Riley and Chris Stewart were the guys that were scratched in the game. So no Mike Riley, no Chris Stewart. I meant the goose. The goose was in there at the left defense with Nate Prosser. And he was okay, but generally speaking, see the defensive core, you can't get too mad at them. But generally speaking, a yucky game. Um, they all gave up something in the game. All the defenses, all the defensemen, most of the forwards, this and that. I don't know how you come out other than I suppose you were on the ice when somebody scored. Eric Stahl's case, zero uh, in the plus-minus category. He's not a minus one. Zach Parisi, overall, you're not really seeing a whole lot of it out of Zach Parisi this year, thus far. You're seeing the similar game where he's close to the net, but you're not seeing... I don't know, the, 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 the timing is off, this and that. You're not seeing the overall skill level of Zach Parisi yet. Hopefully he can get caught up with the timing and such. He's kind of like an old computer right now, trying to get caught up again. And he needs a software upgrade, basically. And then he'll be fine, hopefully, as things continue to things continue to develop in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, again, awesome throughout the whole week. Uh, Matt Collin even had five shots on goal. He's been pretty pretty damn good the last the last week or so, last few weeks, as Matt Collin. He's looking like a different guy, and that's good. Again, an old computer or an old car getting the engine running. But once the engine gets running, it's better than the new car because it's a classic, and that's what Matt Collin is in this case, and you'd like to believe the same with Zach Parisi as well. Uh, Eric Stahl definitely been on a scoring tear, like heck, most of the season you could say, kind of quietly, but he's led the team in goals, led the team in assists, he's the overall leading scorer, this and that. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, though, gosh, just really displaying a lot of incredible stick handling, great shots on goal, and setting up other players that unfortunately got stopped by red-hot goaltenders throughout the week. Uh, no, <laughs> there was no uh, Var Varlamov in the game, he's been out for a while, and Bernier's been really good, uh, he's obviously a steady veteran goalie, he's been with the Toronto Maple Leafs, been with the Anaheim Ducks, now he's with the, uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche, he was really good the whole night, and it's kind of like... What can you do? It was frustrating. It just was what it was. An overall awful game. 7-2. to two. Bruce Boudreaux again talked about how embarrassing it was. And it was embarrassing. It was just an awful game, to be quite honest. You lose 7-2. to two, It's not good, no matter what you say. Uh, the Wild so far have won in the shootout over Colorado. They scored two goals in that shootout, and Colorado was stopped both times. So that was nice. Um, I, I forget if that was Stalock. I think it was Stalock, actually. Yeah, that was on the 24th of November. Then this one was 7-2. to two. Then March the 2nd and March the 13th will wrap up the series. Colorado one more time, and then Minnesota wraps it up in, in the, on the 13th of March. The power plays were even. It's just the fact that the penalty kill got walloped. Three power play goals by the by the uh, Colorado Avalanche. They were just quicker. They were on the puck. They were more aggressive. The Wild couldn't get the puck out of the zone throughout the entire game, it seemed like. And uh, it didn't even seem like it. It was fact. Uh, they couldn't get the puck out of the zone the whole night. Colorado just dominated. Minnesota managed to get 36 shots on goal due to a very nice second period, which gave us hope. And then things quickly went the wrong way. I mean, it's like you you just you don't score on your opportunity. And then the puck goes down the ice. Something goes wrong. And bam, there it is in the back of the net <laughs> behind Devin Dubnik. And, uh, I, again, Dubnik wasn't great in the game. He wasn't that sharp. But he wasn't that bad. He really wasn't. It was the players in front of him, the forwards, the defense. 
and you keep hearing the same old Suter was gassed on this play, Suter's gassed on that, Suter's gassed, Suter's gassed, Suter's gassed, Suter's gassed. And that's what you hear over and over, and it's happening again. I don't want to hear about Suter being gassed. I just want to How about Suter being scratched? No, okay, you can't do that. Uh, Suter's obviously got his value, but he shouldn't be able to dictate how much time he gets that night, you know, and, 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 and who is his... his uh, his uh, line pairing is ultimately out there. His defensive pairing. Only 22 minutes in this one, but later on. Sometimes the shifts are too long, like a double shift. You know what? He, he doesn't need to be out there for a double shift because it just wears him out. It's not worth it. I mean, if your defenseman is gassed, that's like leaving your goaltender out to dry. So, not sure I agree with that type of logic. And, I don't know. It just is what it is. Suter's just a pain in the butt. Obviously, Bruce Boudreau is a hell of a lot better coach than what we've had in the past. Even though Mike Yo is a good coach, I think. Obviously, he's proven himself a bit more. It's looking more and more like this team is uncoachable. And that's what the uh, that's what the theme has been from the Judd Zolgads and such. That it's not really Mike Yo, it's the team itself. They're difficult to coach. And obviously, some of the players that have been drafted, the players that have been traded for the guys you get back and this and that, there's just been a lot of factors as to why the Minnesota Wild are hanging by a thread there. They're hanging by a tendon, we'll say. Okay, that doesn't sound really doesn't sound really pleasing, but yeah, they're literally dangling by a tendon uh, onto that wild card uh, position rather than being a division leader, which you'd think they would be. Especially when you have guys like, you know, you have guys like Granlin. Coyle was really good in the... In the uh, Calgary game. So Saturday, the 6th of Colorado, 7-2 loss. Let's go. Let's just keep moving. Tuesday, the 9th of January. Fun game, and I love watching the Calgary Flames and the Minnesota Wild. I like watching the Flames. I've said a million times they're my second favorite team. And Well, it's all about the top line in Calgary. Some of the other guys have been stepping up as well of late. They've won six games in a row, or is it now seven? Now, they beat Tampa the other night 5-1 to one after after beating Minnesota in, in overtime. Uh, the Calgary Flames are now a division leader in the Pacific Division, which isn't as hard to do this year as it was in maybe in years past. Uh, Edmonton's starting to catch up a little bit, but they're still way down there. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, they'll be on tonight. Wow, that'll be cool. About 11 hours from this second. I don't know why I'm even mentioning that. There's a little countdown ticker here. That's kind of funny. Vegas Golden Knights still ruling the Pacific Division, and you know what? Good for them. <laughs> I'm very happy for that team. A little jealous at the same time. Man, wow. Uh, they're 19 games of a 500, even though we don't always talk about 500 in hockey. It's more about the points and this and that. But 19 games of a 500, and this is a team in its first season. Um, cup contenders, probably not, but who's to say? Um, playoffs, absolutely. If they don't make the playoffs, it'd be devastating, quite frankly. Uh, they will make it. The Vegas Knights will make it easily. Like, saying that isn't brave anymore. It's just like, well, duh. You know, I mean, they look they look kind of like Edmonton last year. Okay, maybe not that good, but then again, Edmonton wasn't great. They just had great players at the top. The goaltending was okay. The defense was uh, and obviously the, uh, the uh, bottom six, meh. But your top two lines were phenomenal this year. Well, eh. <laughs> Let's get to the Calgary game. Mike Smith, for crying out loud, man, the guy's glove was... Just, it looked like it was about 15 times larger than, than normal and faster. Uh, nobody could get past Mike Smith's glove. The Wild finally managed to get two goals by going stick sides, particularly by <laughs> Jared Spurgeon. That was a pretty goal. He just kind of took things under himself and let go on that one. Um, that was a beauty. Kyle Granlin had what felt like a bajillion opportunities in the game. I mean, he was awesome, and he, he crossed up. 
he crossed up the captain of the Calgary Flames, uh, Giordano, twice. He crossed up or put it past him. Literally, it's like kind of like, like a basketball play. That's the way I'm thinking with it. It looked like a crossover, double crossover, like around Giordano and then through his legs. Incredible play by McCall Granlin. Put the shot on net, and of course, Mike Smith is just right there. So it was the, the, the play before the shot was much better than the shot itself. It wasn't a bad shot. It was on net, and obviously good things can happen, but... Mike Smith has been awesome, and he's one of the big reasons why Calgary is better. Uh, they're getting more balanced scoring, but at the same time, that top line is what makes Calgary go. And it's absolutely uh, Johnny Goudreau, the young rising star of the Flames. Three assists in the game, Monaghan goal and an assist. Michael Ferlin, goal and assist. That's the top line of the Flames. They did everything in the game, period. They did everything in the game. Uh, they were outstanding, outstanding, as we'd like to say in the business. Uh, huge game. Okay, Dougie Hamilton ended up finishing things off, and that was heartbreaking. Again, breakdown there as uh, Alex Stalock did not get the call he wanted. He didn't, or he, <laughs> they froze the puck when he was trying to play the puck. So, next thing you know, the Wild have what looks like something of a somewhat scoring chance. And next thing you know, the puck's on the other side, and Dougie Hamilton just goes right past, just rivals the puck past uh, Alex Stalock, and that was uh, all she wrote there. Uh, extremely disappointing. In that sense, uh, it was nice to see Mikhail Granlin finally get rewarded, and cool, nice to see Suter and Quavu pick up points in the play as well. But Granlin again, finally getting rewarded. You think something past uh, frickin' Mike Smith, who again was phenomenal throughout the night. And Monahan, every time the Wild play, Monahan's like the new. Uh, uh, <laughs> Monahan's like the new again. Though he scores every time he plays against the Wild, and well, he's got 20 goals on the year for crying out loud. Uh, Michael Furland. Also, 18th goal on the season. These guys just, it's a great top line, and that's what makes Calgary roll. And again, you got a lot of other young players like Jankowski, Sean Bennett, and others. Um, they, they have a chance. So it's just a matter of time. <laughs> Calgary continue, uh, Sam Bennett, I don't know why I called him Sean, uh, got things together one of these days. Matthew's a chuck, too. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little dirtiness to his game, but oh, he, he put on some nice moves also out there. And he he was more like, oh, Gwen Granlin didn't finish, basically. But he had some nice nifty moves. Some of them actually didn't get on net. They were blocked along the way. But some pretty good moves. Mark Jankowski also. This team, yeah, if, if the, the Chucks, Jankowski, Sam Bennett's ever get things together, obviously the Chuck is much closer. He's been good, but he's a lower line than that, you know, Monaghan, Goudreau, uh, Berlin line. They're spectacular. Uh, Backland also has been out there for a significant amount of time to a penalty kill power play this and that and he's obviously a uh, big time face off guy for the Calgary Flames uh, talented team obviously and they're starting to show signs of it they're certainly not way ahead of anybody just yet but they're they're, they're working on it that's for sure Good for them, but bad for us, I guess. Unfortunately, you got Dallas breathing down our necks. Chicago, of course. Luckily, the Wild beat Chicago. That was nice. Second win of the season over the Chicago Blackhawks. But, yeah, still, boy, hockey's no joke, man. I mean, there's so many good teams out there. And you could win three games in a row. Somebody might have won two out of three or whatever at the same time. So maybe you gain two points out of a three-game win streak, and that's it. That's not much. Four-game win streak, it could happen the same way. So maybe that other team wins three out of four, whoever they may be, but the Minnesota Wild did win the season series. They did not sweep the season series. Calgary was able to get a point. Luckily, Minnesota or was able to get the two points. Luckily, Minnesota got five out of six points, though, in the series. So that's that deserves a little recognition. So at least we got that, and this was an entertaining game. Uh, the Wild had five power play opportunities in the game. 
four power play opportunities for the Calgary Flames, and absolutely nothing was converted. Very good goaltending by both Alex Daylock and Mr. Mike Smith. It was just unbelievable throughout the night. It was an enter This was an entertaining game. Uh, the Flames, they looked like the better team most of the time, but at the, but the Wild were fun to watch as well, though. In this game, I mean, the good plays, the good shots... Puck possession was, was more in Calgary's favor, I would say. But still, the Wild got a lot of shots on it, and some of them were damn good. It's just Mike Smith. Ah, Charlie Coyle is all, as well, though. you got to say, oh, you, you just feel for him. The, the guy deserves to get rewarded with, like, a multi-goal game one of these days. I mean, he's got to get something passed. Uh, obviously, Koivu is like every game he gets robbed once or twice. <laughs> and I don't know. And it's like his, con I don't know if it's his confidence, his mojo, whatever it is, it drops off because he's like, screw this. He gets <laughs> he gets frustrated and he looks more to set people up rather than trying to score. And understandably, uh, Coyle, oh, he was really good in the game. And I mean, he, he's had a, I still remember one of the great goals he had years ago against Calgary in a two-to-one game on the road back when, uh, it was, I believe, right before the Wild got Dubnik, or was it right after the Wild had gotten Dubnik when they went on that huge run years ago when Devin Dubnik first came. Coyle put a spectacular play, put a, made a spectacular move and finished in Calgary and put the Wild ahead. So let's move ahead to a 2-1 to hockey game over the Chicago Blackhawks in United Center. Not easy. Back-to-back -back game, you lost to the, Cal the, the Calgary Flames. I figured the Wild would squeak past the Flames. Luckily, again, got a point. Okay, I know, big deal, right? But hey, they got a point. Better than nothing. I wish they got two. <laughs> then you head to Chicago, you think, yeah, game over. We're, we're going we're gonna to get one point out of four in this back-to-back. -back. Yay. And, of course, that 7-2 loss to, Chicago, to Colorado watch. It's going to be something like that against Col uh, Chicago now next. That's what I'm fearing coming into this one especially when Brent Seabrook scored early. The series now is, yeah, it was a 4-1 to game. I remember there was a pretty yucky game not that long ago, December the 17th. So this series is tied, and we head to the rubber match on Feb 10th. February 10th, my dad's birthday and my nephew's birthday. Wow, two nephews on the same day, of course. They were twins um, many years later, many years later. Uh, Wild crushed the Blackhawks number of the 5-2 to game, the, uh, the old... Uh, <laughs> the old non-offsides uh, uh, call on Jason Zucker. That was during Zucker's influential run back in the early parts of the season. He was so freaking good. And then you got a 2 nothing shutout against freaking Crawford. Shut the Wild out on the the 4th of November. 4-1 to butt-whooping on the 17th of December. And then the Wild squeak went 2-1. to Beauty, uh, a beauty by Devin Dubnik. And good, solid defense along the way as well. On January the 10th, just recently here, a Wednesday. 2-1 to one win for the Wild. Power play situation even again, even Steven, and no power plays converted in the game. So it wasn't like people were in the box the whole night. Uh, the Blackhawks in the first period, though, it looked like, again, this is going to be like a 7-2, to 7-1 type of game. I mean, it really looked like, it really looked bad. Uh, but Dubnik was awesome. Uh, the Blackhawks attempted 41 shots. 14 of them got to the net. So luckily there was a lot of blocks going on. And that's hope. That's that's nice. That helps. But the puck possession, not getting the puck out of the zone, really is why the Wild looked doomed against the Chicago Blackhawks in United Center on Wednesday. Luckily the Wild persevered, stayed alive in this one. And, man, they, they would get rewarded later on, thankfully. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, again, just simply putting the puck on that literally at the midpoint of the game. Looked like it was deflected. It looked like this. It looked like that. And it just magically got over the corner there of <laughs> the upper, what it would it be, the, the left corner, which is more than likely the glove side of uh, Mr. 
Mr. Anton Forsberg, actually the stick side, pardon me, of Mr. Forsberg. Wild only mustered 27 shots on net, but this one, again, it's just one of those miracle magic bullet type of shots that didn't touch anybody. It wasn't deflected or anything. Zucker and Dumba managed to get points there. Those, those two guys have been quiet in the points lately, especially Zucker, who, oh, so many chances sometimes, and then he just never has the stick on the puck. He never has the puck on his stick, and it's frustrating. You got a nice pass to him, and it's like the puck's rolling somewhere else. Is it a bouncing pass? Is it a bouncing puck situation, or is he just off? I, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's a bit of both with uh, Jason Zucker lately, and that's why you're never seeing him score anymore. But luckily, he was able to manage to get an assist. So if he's not scoring goals, hopefully he can factor into something somehow, some way. Uh, Brodeen, again, that's why they always say put the puck on net, as everyone is like, oh, shoot, that went in. Huh. And then Ryan Suter, both defense and score in this one. Ryan Suter, this one's a little better. It looked a little more like Spurgeon's shot. Of course, Spurgeon did score a goal against Calgary. I didn't even mention that. I rudely didn't mention that. Nice rifle shot, again, past Mike Smith's stick side. He has a little, yeah, he's a little better in the glove than the stick, particularly on that night, uh, was Mike Smith. But a beauty goal by Spurgeon. So I was right mentioning Spurgeon, or Ennis, and ended up being Spurgeon against Calgary. <laughs> so I was right on that big uh, Suter. It looked more like a Spurgeon type of a one-timer, wrister type of shot by Suter, and it was a beauty. Koivu getting two assists recently here, and Granlin again, just outstanding throughout the week. Factoring not super much in the in the scoring, but he factored enough. He factored enough because the Wild didn't score a lot of goals this week, did they? They scored two goals a game. Six goals, and so Granlin factoring in on some assists, but mostly the incredible play throughout. I mean, you thought he was going to get a hat-trick some of these nights, or he's going to get two or three assists some of these nights. Um, but unfortunately, just good goaltending on the other side and bad luck on our side, this, that, I, I don't know. It just is what it is. And of course, again, on the other side of the, the puck, and uh, not so good. And of course, lack of puck possession doesn't help either. That's on everybody. That's on the forwards. That's on the defensemen. All that. Uh, Winnick had a huge chance as well in the game, but he didn't put up a great shot. Uh, it looked like he was going to get another one of those blazing breakaway goals that he's capable of doing every now and then. Uh, Mr. Daniel Winnick, fourth line forward slash center, but mostly a winger as long as he's playing with Colin, but he played center for a while when Colin was up on the third line. When things were getting weird with injuries and this and that, so many guys have been out. And, of course, Nino Niederreiter out again with the, uh, unfortunately, lower body injury again with uh, Nino Niederreiter. He's going to miss a week or so. Hopefully he'll be back uh, at some point as the Wild will only play two games coming up, a Saturday-Sunday type of thing, like working overtime, right? And then a huge long bye, and that's it. And the next games will be on the, the following show. So, Pretty crazy. Dubnik, awesome throughout the night. The Wild at least blocked a lot of shots. That was helpful. Thank you very much for that, indeed. Lots of shots blocked throughout the game. Again, very, very helpful. Uh, Zucker with a couple blocks. So at least he's providing something defensively. You can't complain too much about that. You just wish offensively he'd get some of that production again because you know it's there. Uh, Chris Stewart was activated and Mike Riley was activated again because it's a. Uh, it was a... Back-to-back -back situation. Obviously, Nito Niederreiter scratched, so you don't have to worry about him being on the bench or anything. He's scratched because of injury, so nobody had to get scratched because of they're just not in the game. Uh, Richard Panic scratched. Interesting, but he was also traded. So he was also traded about the same time. Uh, and the Goose, Gustav Olofsson, scratched, giving Mike Riley some action, who's still at seven assists. He's been at seven assists for about two months, so that's kind of... Sad a little bit. Kind of disappointing. Um, lots of scoring droughts all over the team right now. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you lose track of some of them because it's just they're so long and you don't want to sit and sift through everybody's scoring drought. Zach Parisi, well, he scored in the AHL. 
I mean, I don't know. But one of these days, he'll get the timing back where, you're, where, you're, where he wants it. You're seeing the effort out of Zach Parisi, but you're not seeing any scoring whatsoever out of him. Um, but at least you're not getting a feeling like he's hurt necessarily. He only mustered one shot officially on goal in the game against Chicago. Uh, mostly been playing on that third line, but on the power play, just sometimes you see Zach Greasy and Quavo on the power play, and you're just like, uh, really? You know, uh, are these, I don't know. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't play the same players all the time, sometimes, uh, and at the same, you know, and, yeah, obviously there's different power play units. It's not just, just them the whole time, so there's that. And you probably know that more than I do, right? <laughs> some of you out there, some of you super-duper experts, as you like to call yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all experts in some way, but fun, fun, fun uh, finish to the game. Not a, not a great game for the Wild, but they managed to escape with the victory. Thank you, Dubnik, and solid defense along the way, despite not getting the puck out of the zone. And oh, man, his, his goal, <laughs> that goal by Rodin. Oh, I, I, I get a chuckle looking at that one, but hey, we'll take it. If that's what it takes, we'll take it, and good for Jonas Rodin. Uh, Granlin robbed multiple times in this game as well. He deserved a little better fate than a couple of them. And Coyle, same thing. I could keep going back and back with Charlie Coyle. So let's pass out the awards. Let's get moving. Uh, the Mike Madonna Award for this show, it's going to be Granlin because he was really good throughout the week. It's just spectacular. Coyle, yeah, well, he didn't get any points. Poor guy. Um, so frustrating for him at the end of the day. He deserved a better fate. It just didn't work out for him. And I, I, I feel for him a bit. And it's hard not to. He really put in a good effort. So just an A for effort, I guess, for Koivu throughout the week. Or Coyle throughout the week. Koivu too, but he's, he's been better. Coyle deserved a better fate than he got throughout uh, this, this week. Man, <laughs> you, you might, we've been saying that for a while, to be quite honest. So the James Shepard Memorial. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like the whole team for the, the 7-2 game. I mean, they just got slaughtered. So just the 7-2 game in general is going to be the uh, James Shepard Memorial. Just a bleep hole fest. That's what it was. Pardon me for using the bleep hole talk, but I'll, but I'll use it anyway. That was a bleep hole game, okay? That was a bleep hole game. So go get offended and, and post on, on uh, Facebook and memes and all that about how, how, how awful I am for saying that. It was a bleep hole game. So it was. That's it. Let's go. We'll be back. we got only two games to preview, and we'll look into the prospects. Some of them had a pretty good uh, pretty good week. The AHL, very quiet. As they, they were kind of on a bye. It seemed like the Iowa Wild about this, about this past week. I mean, they played like a, one game only. They're finally going to play tomorrow. Oh, goody. Just like Minnesota. So we'll be back right after this. the wild segment number two time to preview a couple games and talk about the prospects as we send us into the bye oh goody five days without any wild hockey Ugh. well catch up on the timberwolves i suppose timberwolves explosion and hopefully we'll be gearing up for the nfc championship game on the 21st of january as the wild will not be playing that night i think the wolves are i'm not sure but purple mafia do check out that show if you haven't yet purple mafia or timberwolves explosion you're all welcome to do that especially with the during that five five day bye, check out Timberwolves Explosion, uh, and of course keep up with the Wolves wearing their 
Northern Lights jerseys on occasion, possibly. <laughs> but let's talk hockey, okay? Or just listen to this show six times or something. No, I'm kidding. Hey, why not? Tell your friends about the show, too. It's always appreciated. Winnipeg Jets, the hated Jets, uh, just, just north of here. Winnipeg, Manitoba, just north of here in North Dakota, kind of on the border of all three there. The 13th of January, tonight, the Winnipeg Jets come to Excel Energy Center. The Minnesota Wild will have four home games, two against the West, Winnipeg and Vancouver. Those are the ones we're going to preview now. Then you get Tampa Bay and Ottawa coming up, and then the Wild head to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. As we start playing some Eastern Conference teams, Wild success rate against the Eastern Conference of late has been decent. Winnipeg has been really good. They're pretty much first place in the division most of the season. Uh, them, well, uh, then again, what am I talking about? It's kind of all three. It's in Winnipeg, St. Louis, and Nashville. It's been kind of like a pick, a pick em and, and who's winning the division. Another 7-2 game recently against this club. The Jets are sweeping the Wild this season. The Wild have collected zero points against the Winnipeg Jets this season. That's freaking awful. That freaking sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, really? We're, we're getting swept by the Jets. And yeah, they're better this year. And I was always kind of afraid of the Jets emerging last year. And they and they had that bad season. And it was like, cool, let's just kick some butt here. Let's roll all over these, these guys. These guys drove us nuts the year before. Same with the Colorado Avalanche. A horrible season last year. They've already eclipsed last season's point total, which is nuts. Uh, you know, and Nathan McKinnon has about as many points already at the midpoint of the season. Actually, probably, more, yeah, no, he has more points than the Colorado Avalanche did last year in terms of, you know, season win-loss, tie point, or not tie, but overtime loss point situation. Um, mm, well, at least Alex Daylock's goals against averages dropped a bit after that horrible start to the season. And it wasn't his fault necessarily, but just a yucky start for him, unfortunately. Due to some bad defense and some poor play in front of him at the time. Both Devin Dubnik and uh, Stalock not with the greatest numbers ever, but at least you're not noticing, like, oh my god, one of them really sucks. So that's good. They're both okay. Uh, the Wild officially, three out of their last four because they crushed uh, Buffalo and Florida. That was nice. Um, let's beat somebody here this weekend. Back-to-back -back situation. I gotta think it's Dubnik against Winnipeg and then Stalock tomorrow against the Vancouver Canucks, as we're celebrating the Minnesota Vikings returning to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I hope. I, God, I want them to win the game. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm sure you are as well. If you're from Minnesota, you're nervous about, yeah, a lot of things. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, you know, in the past, you didn't really think of them as being major goal scorers, but... Well, it's like, you know, you don't think of him as the, this team filled with stars, but, well, Blake Wheeler's pretty damn good, and, man, I wish <laughs> you wish he did this on the Gophers. Um, it's the overall depth. They have multiple lines that can score on this team, and, I mean, several. I mean, you got two guys with 19 goals, Patrick Lane and Nicole Ellers. Blake Wheeler's obviously the overall top guy with 38 assists on the year to go with 14 goals, 15 goals for Mark Shovel. Uh, 15 goals for Kyle Connor, 12 goals for Matthew Parol. Uh, incredible overall depth by this club. They, they can roll out three lines here that can all score. And e even their fourth line's halfway decent, too. I mean, Jiminy Christmas, even Dustin Bufflin, 17 points. Obviously, he's a skilled player, but you think of him more as a physical guy, but clearly a guy that can do more than just knock people around. Um, Connor Hellebuck, that guy's a hell of a goalie. Yeah, okay, pun intended, kind of. Um... Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Uh, this is the first of the back-to-back, -back, which is good, I suppose. You just hope the Wild don't get burnt out and, and and fried against this club. Okay, Winnipeg lost, so they're on a back-to-back -back situation as well. They lost to Chicago 
last night. 2-1. to one. Impressive win by the Blackhawks, I suppose, as they turned it around versus uh, what happened at the Wild. Disappointing for us because the Blackhawks are with us in the uh, points right now. Just like they were last year when we were both leading the division. Now we're both bottom wildcard team. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> uh, Winnipeg taking care of business against some not-so-good teams. Uh, Buffalo twice, San Jose once. Uh, San Jose's okay, but they're, they're not what they were. Uh, you know it's still there with San Jose, though. They're still capable of putting in some, some pretty good games. And obviously they have a nice uh, goalie over there in Jones. Um, Winnipeg, Minnesota. I, 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 this has been an awful matchup of late. Winnipeg is leading the division. Three points ahead of Nashville. Four points against St. Louis. So obviously very close there. And even Dallas, only four points ahead of the, the Blues now. Uh, and the Wild, five points behind the, uh, the Blues. So, eh, you know, anything could happen still in this division. Luckily, the Wild are holding on to a lead over Colorado. Oof. Well, this is the rubber match of the series. Let's get something. Let's avoid a sweep. I mean, this is a game that you really hope the Wild can pull off. And, man, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not super confident about it, but it is a home game. The Wild have played much, much better at home. Can the Wild sweep a back-to-back? Can they, can they do it? I mean, they really need to right now. The Minnesota Wild need a sweep here. They, they really need it in these two games. I want to pick a sweep. But if the Wild are going to lose one of the two, it has to be this one, right? Uh, it, it has to be. It's interesting, too. They're both at home, back-to-back at home. That's the second time this year. And it's a different team, though, obviously. It's not Nashville twice or whatever. Though there, there's the home-and-home home situation with Nashville. That was, that was a fun deal, but that second game, the one on the road, was ah, good effort by the Wild until that, later in that third period when the floodgates opened and things went bleepity-bleep in that one. Um, but yeah, if you're going to lose one of the two, it's got to be this one. I mean, you can't lose to Vancouver. And don't beat the Jets and then turn around and lose to Vancouver. I mean, their goaltending is mediocre at best. They do have one major stud player who I'm very <laughs> impressed with, and obviously we're familiar with him around here. Um, we let him go to the freaking North Dakota, and then, then we didn't draft him. And we we took uh, Yule Eriksson Eck, who's a good player, but Brock Besser's better. <laughs> yes, that's the name, obviously. Uh, Winnipeg Jets. I mean, yeah, again, so much depth. Good, solid goaltending. He's doing better than Dubnik so far this year. Obviously, three shutouts for both Dubnik and Hellebuck. Uh, Dubnik's three shutouts all came in the same week. That was pretty funny. It was back-to-back-to-back. God, I want the Wild to win this game. Please win this game. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. Should I pick it? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah... Just for the sake of, like, you know, the competitiveness, the desire, the need, the need of this win. The Wild need to win this game. You don't, you know, you don't want to say must win, but they need to win this game. You know, we gotta strengthen our, we gotta get, a, a, we gotta strengthen our position to even make the playoffs right now. Right now, the Wild are tied with the Blackhawks. That's not good. Um, the Blackhawks are winning that season series. Actually, no, not anymore. It's tied. So that's very interesting. Though I think if you, you total it all up with goals, Blackhawks are winning right now in that series. Um, boy, tough, tough situation. Got to win this game for playoff. To even if you hope to make the playoffs, this is one of those kind of games you need desperately. Uh, oh boy, God help me. Uh, I got to think it's going to be Dubnik. And if he keeps playing the way he has been playing, and the Wild put in that effort, and it's not a matinee game. If this is a matinee game, I'm picking a loss for sure. The Wilds suck in matinee games, and I don't know why. They just do. The only time they ever win matinee games is when it was a mediocre Detroit team last year, and the Wild were on fire, beyond beyond on fire last year. 
and that NBC Sunday afternoon game last year. That was fun. Um, I'm going to pick a 3-2. to two. This is just, call me a homer, call me, but it's, it's hope. It's his hope. Good stepping on in good faith. Stepping out of the edge of the branch. Praying it doesn't break. The very edge. 3-2 to two, Minnesota over Winnipeg. Uh, don't be surprised if the Jets get a point out of it. Maybe it goes to the shootout. Something very dramatic. I expect good goaltending, good physical play. Devin Dubnik, Hellebuck, back and forth. Most likely guy to score in the game. In the, uh, you could just say Eric Stahl every night because he's the most likely guy to score, usually. But even though he's not spectacular, he is the most likely guy to score, generally speaking. And congratulations on making his fourth All-Star team, by the way. I'm glad Dubnik's not going because three-on-three, three, it's a firing squad, and all it does is screw you, screw up with your mind. And Dubnik, not surprisingly, got screwed pretty good after that game. Uh, he was not the same goalie. And I, I don't know, you don't want to blame it on on that, but shoot, it, it doesn't help. Think of all the extra work that goalie has to do, because there's nobody in front of him. Three on three, it's it's like a joke, right? So, three to two win Minnesota. I just have a feeling the Wild will put the clamps down and they will escape getting swept. Three to two win for the Minnesota Wild. Do not be surprised if this is a overtime period type of game. The most likely guy to score in the game, drum roll. <laughs> Charlie Coyle, he is going to get it. Charlie Coyle will get his goal. It's going to happen. Bada bing, bada boom. A guy who's been working his ass off. A guy who's been generating so many chances. He will be the most likely guy to score in the game. Who knows, maybe he'll be the one that wins it in overtime or something. Or Darkwing Dumba, because that's what he was. But Wild did not look nearly as good in overtime against the Calgary Flames as they did earlier in the season in those overtime periods. Damn, I missed that already. Vancouver Canucks, they have not been playing well, but they have some interesting players on the roster. Their goaltending is, yeah, Jacob Markstrom's all right. He's just okay, though. And Anders Nilsson, not so good at all. Uh, 3.57 goals against average, 2.77 for Jacob Markstrom. By the way, uh, Hellebuck is about 2.36. Outstanding, three shutouts on the year. Uh, Brock Besser leading the way. He's just a rookie. 22 goals for Brock Besser. And their number two scorer is Thomas Vanek. And then you get the Sedin brothers, Sedin and Sedin. As uh, 29 for Henrik and 28 for Daniel. Henrik, obviously, the guy who makes all the that's all the playmaking, and then Daniel Sandin scores a bit. Obviously, those guys not as good as they used to be. They also have Sam uh, Sam Gagne, Louis Erickson. They're one of those "what the hell is this team doing" type of teams. Uh, Marcus Granlund, the younger brother of Mikhail, boy, only 10 points in 42 games. He looked better last year. Ouch! I'm not uh, that. That's a shame. It's sad to see Marcus Randland dropping off like that. Maybe the Wild could pick him up in a trade or something. That'd be kind of cool if uh, we're lucky, if the right piece is without overdoing it. Um, yeah, Sam, it is kind of one of those what-the-hell-are-they-doing type of teams. They bring in these weird veterans like Thomas Vanek, Sam Gagne. I mean, Sam Gagne's okay. Louis Erickson's just beyond past his prime. He's been there for a couple of years, and I don't know. There's a reason. This team is just kind of like... They're pretending to try to compete, but they're just not. You know what I mean? They're pretending to, to try to compete. They're kind of like the Phoenix Suns of the NBA. Yeah. Yet, the Vancouver Canucks most recently, after getting shut out 5-0 by Anaheim, lost to Toronto, crushed by Montreal 4-2, lose, lost 3-1 to to Washington, and they beat Columbus in Columbus 5-2. to Okay. And Brock Besser had nothing to do with the five goals. That's weird. I think maybe he had an assist. That's even more weird when you look at that. Strange stuff. This is a this is a you better win type of game. It's not a must win, but you better. Um, though that five to two game scares me a little bit. 
and they'll have rested. The wild will have not had have, will have not rested. As long as the wild don't wait, uh, exercise all their energy against uh, Winnipeg, the wild could sweep this weekend if they squeak out one against Winnipeg and beat Vancouver. I'm coming, you know, I, I believe the Wild will win this game, regardless of what happens with Winnipeg. The Wild will win the Vancouver game. Uh, especially if the Wild lose to Winnipeg, the Wild will absolutely beat Vancouver. Something of the likes 4-2 to type of situation. Don't be surprised to see Brock Besser score. Obviously, that's the most likely, highly most likely guy to score, especially coming home against Minnesota. So, you know, uh, boy. We didn't have him on the Gophers. We didn't have him on the Wild. Uh, yeah, I like... Yul Eriksson-Eck, but he's not doing jack in, in the scoring category. Yeah, he does all the little things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Yeah, I know, but whatever. Uh, most recent game, Wild were shut out one to nothing against Vancouver, and I believe that was Nielsen. One to nothing. Oh, and that was in Minnesota. What a horse crap game that was. I still remember that. The 24th of October. Yep, it was it was Nielsen, who was, generally speaking, not been good all season. One nothing. Yuck. Well, let's come back and win this season series. It's a three-game series. We'll win this one, tie it up, and then hopefully beat, beat the uh, Canucks in Vancouver on the 3rd of March. Most likely got a score against the Vancouver Canucks is going to remain Mikhail Granlin and the, the effort he's put up the, for the past week. I wouldn't be surprised to see a multi-goal game by Mikhail Granlin if he continues the, the effort he's been showing the la this last week. You're seeing some, some dazzling skill out of Mikhail Granlin. The Wild will win 4-2. to two. Regulation, obviously. Maybe an empty netter by Zucker or Coyle or, Coy or Koivu <laughs> or Mike Riley. That would be nice. Somebody like that or Gustav Olsson. Somebody's going to get an empty netter, possibly. That might be what happens. 4-2 to two win for Minnesota with uh, Alex Stalock in net. Minnesota wins the game and Mikhail Granlin. Very possible we'll have a multi-goal game or at minimum a multi-point game for Mikhail Granlin. Minnesota wins. So let's look in the prospects. As we quickly go into the Iowa Wild, that's where we'd like to jump into right away. Samanas leading the team in scoring officially 27 points. Only one game this past week for this club. Not the best game either, but uh, well, it is what it is. Uh, the, a couple guys racking up points since the last show, I believe. Uh, Ryan Murphy's now at 16 on the season down there. Obviously, he was with the Wild for an extended period of time when Jared Spurgeon was out and then was returned to Iowa, unfortunately for him. But he did do, he put, did put in a nice showing, did show some effort, obviously. Brendan Mennell adding his 10th assist on the season the past week. Other notables, not so much in Iowa, adding a whole lot. Uh, it was a nice little run by Mario Lucia, but that point streak has stopped. Hopefully he can pick it up again tonight as the Iowa Wild return to action uh, in this one. I believe, yep, the Milwaukee Admirals, that's who they're playing. So that should be entertaining anyway. Former Gophers Justin Kloos and Kyle Rowe definitely been on a tear for quite a while. Uh, Kyle Rowe missing a few games to start out the season, but he's strong now, and he's, he's doing well. Some people thought that he would be on the fourth line for the Wild this season. Kloos ought to get a look at that one of these days. He could be a fourth-line center in this league, especially when Matt Cullen retires, which is probably going to happen after this season. Uh, Iowa had been playing better than not so good back and forth, but they would be in the postseason if the season ended today. So that's the good news. You'd finally see Iowa in the playoffs. Uh, Steve Michalik, 8-3 on the season. That's been nice. 2.62 uh, goals against average. And I do believe uh, Mr. Pavel Jennings has been called up to the Iowa Wild. As you're noticing, he's not on... Yep, yep, you're noticing he's not on the Rapid City Rush anymore. You're seeing a star and you're seeing Iowa Wild. So he has been called up to Iowa. It'll be nice to see how Pavel Jennings can factor with Iowa because he's been playing so well for the Rapid City Rush. That's been encouraging 
to say the least. He's he's definitely the guy to watch down there. Dante Salaturo, he was the guy acquired for Jordan Schrader in the summertime from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's leading the club in scoring. He's doing well, and he's only 20, so still definitely hopeful there when it comes to him. That's definitely been the case. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov has also <clears throat> been moved. He's still with the uh, Minnesota Wild, of course, but he's no longer with the crappy Sudbury Wolves. So just every night, just awful. And it's funny, they played against the uh, his new club, the Barry Colts, as he's been there only two games, and he's got two goals, two assists. So good for him. So far, Dmitry Sokolov, as we like to always keep up with him over there. Uh, he's in the OHL, of course. Barry Colts, he's off to a good start. Leaving the Sudbury Wolves have been awful. Uh, <laughs> The past several years, they've just been terrible. They've been around for since like the 30s. They're ancient history. Pretty cool how long uh, how long that franchise has been around. But Barry Colts and they beat the uh, the Barry Colts beat the Sudbury Wolves 10 to 1 the other night. Pretty crazy. Sokolov getting a goal and an assist the past game here in each game for the Barry Colts. So cool. So that's the team to keep up with now. If you want to keep up with Dmitry Sokolov, not the Sudbury Wolves anymore. Uh, Brandon Doheim continues to add points. For Providence, good for him. He is. He had another assist last night. Five goals, one, uh, eleven assists, sixteen points now, as he's eclipsed last season's total points by four already. In about uh, about about half the games, a little more than half the games so far for Providence College. So nice progress for Brennan Deham, 2016 fourth round pick by our <laughs> our our Chuck Fletcher. Uh, nothing new with uh, Kirill Kaprizov or Andre. Uh, Svetlakov at the moment because, well, I mean, there's nothing new to say. Obviously, Mr. Uh, Risebrow visited them last week, and it went well, this and that. Uh, they had to be with a translator, of course. Uh, Nick Sweeney not available for Duluth last night. That's interesting. So that kind of scares me a little bit. Hopefully he's okay, unless he's on the Olympic team, but no, I, I don't think he is. <laughs> Seventh-round pick for the Wild 2017 just recently. He had been really nice in his freshman year for the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. Ivan Ladnia continuing to emerge nicely with the Erie Otters. He's, he's had three-point games the past couple nights here. He's been awesome. Uh, now he's at 49 points in 41 games. He gets more assists than goals, but he does score. It's usually like a one-goal, two-assist type of game when Ivan Ladnia is at his best, and he's been outstanding so far. From the 49 points now, he's definitely well ahead of last year's pace. He's on pace for, shoot, uh, probably about 70, 80 points. No, more, more than 70, probably closer to 80 points now for... The uh, Erie Otters, Erie, Pennsylvania there. Doing great is Ivan Ladnia in the OHL there. Jordan Greenway added another goal last night for Boston University. His The, the, the club in general is not playing well, but he's starting to score goals. He'd been pretty much all assists, kind of like Brandon Doheim so far for Providence, but eh, it's okay. Uh, Greenway's now been adding the goals. Remember, he had a hat trick just recently before the break there, before the Christmas break, Mr. Uh, Jordan Greenway. He's now at 8 goals, 18 points so far on the season. Been much more of a playmaker throughout his collegiate career. 21 assists in both of his uh, freshman and, and uh, sophomore year. 5 goals this freshman year, 10 goals his junior year, or excuse me, sophomore year. His junior year here, he's on pace for probably closer to 16-ish, so that's good. Good for him. So he's, he's catching up, and if he can get to that 21 assists, hey, keep it up. Uh, nice to see him scoring a bit more, though. Uh, Jack Stadick added a rare assist last night. That's nice. That's very... <laughs> Good, good to know, without a doubt, to see uh, Sadik putting the puck in the net. Uh, Jacob Golden had an assist the other night as well, four, four, four points for uh, the London Knights in the OHL. Jacob Golden definitely stay-at-home defenseman so far in the OHL, but he's very young, obviously, brand-new draft pick. Uh, Jack Sadik now at seven points on the year, 
five assists total for the Gophers, who lost to Michigan. Uh, the first two shots on goal by Michigan last night were goals against the Gophers. Great way to start a game. Just great. The Wild get, or Wild, the Gophers get it to four to three. They get closer in the game, and then you gave up an empty netter in when you have the empty net and the puck is in your zone the whole time, you're just fighting to get away, fighting to get out of the zone. You can't even do it. And then Michigan ultimately regains possession of the puck and scores. That's a joke. You can't even get out of your own zone. I mean, that was horse crap. So I'm not happy with the Gophers right now at all. Nick Boca, you don't see a whole lot of that guy. More of a physical guy for the Michigan Wolverines. Doesn't factor in the scoring. Three assists on the year. He had only four points last year in his sophomore year. He had 10 assists in his freshman year, so go figure. Less points, more physicality for Nick Boca and the Michigan Wolverines. Of course, the fifth round, excuse me, sixth round draft pick in 2015. Hard to say if he will factor with Minnesota at any point. Uh, Luis Belpedio, his club lost 11-7 to last night to Omaha, uh, Miami, Ohio. The Red Hawks. Uh, yuck. Not a good game by the uh, Red Hawks. Luis Valpedio, though he did manage a goal and an assist, he's now at 20 points in 21 games, 8 goals, which is a career high in college, 12 assists, which is one behind his career high in assists. So Luis Valpedio, again, remember he missed 10, uh, no, he missed more than 10 games last year for Miami University. Expect a huge year from him this year. He's second on the team in scoring, and he is a right-shot defenseman. I talk about him all the time. He's probably the most exciting prospect for me right now in the collegiate ranks. Um, well, him and Jordan Greenway, both. Obviously, big, strong, burly left-wing defenseman who a lot of people believe will be better at the NHL level than he is in the AHL or anything like that, that he might come right to the NHL at the end of the college year this year. That would be pretty cool. At least give him some time on ice in the NHL, see what happens, see how he fits, see how he feels, sink or swim, this and that. Will be interesting to keep up with in that sense. Uh, Carson Soucy, Nick Sealer, neither one of them with a point this past week. Sealer's at six points. Actually, Sealer did get a point, I believe, since the last show. I can't remember if I if he had his sixth... Uh, no, now he's at seven. So he's at seven. So Sealer added a point recently. Susie's at five. That's, of course, guys in the Iowa Wild. Two very important physical defensemen because I talk, like to talk about that, obviously. Um, and, you know, the, all, all the possible defense and that could come up at some point and help this team because you like to talk about blue line help. The Wild need it uh, because Riley and Olsen aren't showing a whole lot. Both of them are left shot, and that's why Sealer and Susie are still stuck in the AHL because both of those guys are left shot defensemen. Uh, Luis Belpedio is a right shot defenseman. So eventually, one of these days, maybe Prosser will rule, remain, will, will be back in the seventh defenseman role type of thing. Um, but keep him on board. I mean, keep, keep, <laughs> I have no problem with Nate Prosser. He hasn't hurt us at all. But if Belpedio is ready for the NHL, man, that'd be exciting. He'll probably start off in the AHL at some point. Obviously, he is a senior, so his college career is over. Uh, come springtime, uh, so depending on how far Miami gets into the tournament or if they make it at all. 11-7. Uh, oh, what the hell? That's a terrible game. How, how could you give up 11 goals? So that's disappointing. I'm sure Belpedio not too pleased about that. Nice to see the point reduction, but ooh, usually it's like a low-scoring game with Miami, so I don't know what happened there. If it was, uh, I don't know. That's not a good game. <laughs> that's not a good game at all. So at this point, I don't really have a whole much else to say with the prospects. I've pretty much covered most of the bases. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov, this and that. You know, that's just going to be an ongoing saga for a while. Uh, Svetlakov, same thing. We'll just have to wait. Uh, Svetlakov hasn't signed anything that I believe. I don't think he's under a long contract or anything, but uh, now that uh, Kirill Kaprizov, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Svetlakov. He's not quite the prospect that Kirill, that Kirill Kaprizov is at this point. So, um, 
that's about that should about do it for that. I want to thank Hockey Podcast. It always uh, retweets the most recent show. At Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. At Brave the Wild, please do give that a follow. Is always greatly, greatly appreciated by yours truly, the host of this show. And how could it not be? Uh, thank you again for that for the retweets. Uh, at Hockey Podcast and Vince Germano also retweets the show very often as well out of Australia. That's always so appreciated. I, I thank you very much for that. That was, of course, episode 168. Or did they just kind of... Maybe they don't retweet it, they just tweet it. So, And I appreciate Hockey Podcast for doing that. That's it's awesome because that obviously, you know, it gets gets to like some hockey possible hockey listeners out there. The Vegas Hockey Podcast. Hmm. That might be one to check out, actually. Huh. That might be one to check out. See how they're doing. I see what they're talking about down there in Las Vegas. Hmm, I might want to look that one up. Uh, I mean, how could you not like what's going on with those guys? And, of course, the uh, fireside chat. Gotta like that one. Calgary Flames show. Really good. Um, so now we move on to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. All the information will be in the show description, like I always mention. I believe it's quiet, but still, please give that page a like and follow. Join it and join the conversation. It's always greatly appreciated. Always. Uh, so, at the same time, there's also another page that I add, that I'm an admin for. It's been quiet lately, but I still encourage you to uh, to join it. I know a lot of people have uh, the main guys, Pavel Bunyet and Merrick Skyba. They're, they'll be returning, getting it going again. Obviously, the main page, uh, mnwplayers.com, mnwplayers.com, Minnesota Wild Players is what it means. They cover everything from Eric Stahl down to Dante Salaturo uh, with the ECHL. Anybody that has affiliation with the Minnesota Wild, top to bottom, Luke Cunning, Mario Lucia, Zach Parisi, you get the idea, Jared Spurgeon. Everybody that counts with the Minnesota Wild is discussed on that page. Obviously, uh, Kapo Kakanen, a nice goaltender prospect over there in Finland, still got a nice future. Hopefully, he's been really good this past year, so hopefully he continues to develop Kapo Kakanen. So hopefully he will continue to emerge uh, as a goaltending uh, prospect one day. Not that I'm in any hurry to push uh, <laughs> Alex Stalock out of the way, but hey, you, it's nice to know you have some kind of insurance, some kind of a future at the goaltender position, because if you have nobody... At the goaltender position, and you're scrambling for some random free agent who might save your ass and might not. Um, we've been lucky in that category forever. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom saved us. Uh, she, she goes on forever. You, you could go on forever. Uh, McLennan was already uh, like a backup goalie in the NHL. That was way back at the beginning. Jamie McLennan. Uh, of course, Dwayne Rollison was a guy who was kind of overlooked and kind of tossed aside. And look, look what he ended up being. Oh, almost won a Stanley Cup with Edmonton as their guy. And he was clearly one of the top players in that team. Was, uh, and, of course, helped the Wild in that wonderful playoff run long ago in a galaxy far away. So that was always entertaining at the very least. I meant W players. Do join that page because I'm getting distracted big time. Do join that page. Do give that a like and follow on Facebook. Join the page and, and uh, conversate. Talk about prospects. Talk about the current club. In-game conversation with uh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Uh, thanks again for that. So... Other than that, please give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes. If you like the show and want to help out, give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It only helps a great deal. And I will thank you personally on air when I do see that post, because I do check it pretty frequently. <laughs> I, I like to anyway. Uh, also, one final way to get on the show, other than, say, Facebook or Twitter, which you are welcome when you tweet or, or comment on the Facebook page, I'm going to read it as long as you... 
as long as you're okay with that, if you tell me don't read this on the show, just write that. Put make like a little star or something and say don't read this on the show. And I, I truly doubt anybody's going to say that. What are you going to say on there that's so private you don't want it read on the show? Um, final way to get in is the phone lines, which is there's multiple ways to do that. The, the original one is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Brave the Wild podcast or Brave the Wild. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine. The, the limit is three minutes on that one because it is an actual voicemail. That gets right to my show from uh, Dylan Richardson, the executive producer of thesportstuff.com. The uh, same way to get to that phone line is the call now button on the Facebook page. All you need is some type of internet connection, whatever it is, uh, or data connection, and you get right through, and it won't cost you a penny. <laughs> so as long as you're not going over in your data, but that's that's between you and your cell phone company, and I truly doubt that's an issue unless you're already up from other reasons. That's not going to eat up that much at all, i got to think. Otherwise, just have a Wi-Fi connection, and you'll be perfectly fine because Wi-Fi is everywhere these days. Um, the final way to do that uh, also is the audio submission route. Simply use the free voice recording application on your smart device. Treat it like a phone call. Keep it to about five minutes instead of three. Keep it to about five minutes. Save it. Email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. And I will convert it into a MP3 if it isn't already, which takes about one second on zomzar.com. Or about 30 seconds, we'll say, on zomzar.com. Very easy for me to take care of and get that done. Put it right on the show. Then we could have a third segment with fan interaction. That would be great. And then the fan interaction would all be uh, this. So, hell yeah. So, thanks again for your inclusion. Please tell your friends about the show. Give a positive rating on iTunes again. I know I'm nagging. I, I apologize. Looking forward to the Wild hopefully sweeping this little weekend ditty and then off to the bye, which I hate. But hopefully we're getting ready for an NFC Championship game and not pouting about another Minnesota Vikings playoff disappointment. Let's not even think about that happening. Go Minnesota Vikings, go Minnesota Wild, especially at this point. Because if you're listening to this show, you're worried about the Wild right now and obviously the prospects as well. I look at the prospects on this show because they give us hope. That's why. Because this team needs hope. We we need hope. We need to believe that there, somebody somewhere is going to emerge and be that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko or a better Vladimir Tarasenko type of player. I mean, you got to start with hopefully getting somebody like that. And because the Connor McDavid's are so rare, and you got to have the best rec- worst record in the NHL and the top pick to get somebody like that, unless you get lucky as all hell, and somebody emerges greatly. It happens once in a blue moon. No, not a blue moon. More, more less often than a blue moon. Ten blue moons that <laughs> you get somebody like that, but sometimes. With that, we will take we'll take leave. We'll be return next week with only two games to preview, and we'll get back into the thick of things as the schedule will thicken up once again. Until then, take care, stay warm, and go Vikings, go Wild, go everything. Go Wild especially. Go Iowa Wild too.